Hi, I'm the host, Chip James. And I'm the producer, Katie Matthews. And if you're anything like us, you have a heart for Dayton, Ohio. And maybe you've been looking for a place where you can hear more about the interesting people and businesses that make Dayton such a special place to call home. Well, that's why we created the new Dayton podcast to celebrate a new era in our great town. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. So back on May 21st, uh, an Instagram account announced to the world that more good things are coming to Dayton uh, in the fall of 2019. And it was under the Instagram account jmorgan.atelier. And I remember seeing that post and instantly being intrigued by um, the ceramics, the idea of a local Daytonian handcrafting ceramics, be it plates or bowls or coffee mugs, uh, any type of dinnerware. And it's so exciting to have the chance to fast forward all these months later and sit down with Jackie Morgan, a local mother of five ceramicist who is launching her business right now. Um, for me, it's like the imperfect plates and some of the, the colors or shades of the plates that she posts that I love, but I knew that we would have to have her on the podcast. Katie, do you agree? Yeah, I think on her Instagram, she calls it intentionally wonky, which is very appealing to a personality like mine, I guess, kind yeah. of an artistic personality. And as a foodie myself, I am very excited to be able to plate things on a custom-made, beautifully painted or speckled plate or bowl. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And she's having her launch party soon, November 8th and 9th. November 9th is her birthday, That's so cool. which is another reason to go. I'm going. I can't wait to go. So the launch party this Friday night from 5 to 9 p.m., uh, 1001, so 1001 East 2nd Street in Dayton, building 100. It's called the what building? The Betty. It's called the Betty. Well, the Front Street Artist Buildings, and her room is called the Betty. Yeah, so it's these really cool, you'll see the really cool, like, red brick, painted dark red, rich red brick art buildings. And uh, she's, uh, Jackie's got people that are going to help her um, get all of us from the parking lot upstairs to the room where she's officially having her launch party. I think she's gonna sell out of things pretty quickly, so I'm gonna try to get there kind of early Friday evening, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so five to nine on Friday, mm -hmm. and then the next day with whatever is left. Yep. She wanted us to note that this space was provided by Julie Byer Art, and uh, she'll be having some snacks provided by Grist Provisions and Salt Block Biscuit Company. Oh, that's a great call. Oh, yeah. And um, background music provided by Skeleton Dust Records. So it's basically get some Christmas shopping done, mm -hmm. have some hors d'oeuvres, some snacks, listen to some music. Yep. It's, it's going to be such a fun night. Such a unique, like, people are always looking for, like, a different date night. Right, so that's kind of why I'm jumping all over it. It's just a chance to do something a little bit different than just like say dinner in a movie or whatever. Right, and it's only one of two times that you can actually get her 
pieces before Christmas. Yep. So the other one will be December 7th at uh, Cars and Cars Co. And Co. Yeah. Holiday Minis. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's maybe part of the draw for me is it's so... Exclusive. Exclusive. It's hard <laughs> yes. to get. But I love what Jackie says in the interview. I don't want to spoil it, but I love how she talks about looking at the gathering, the act of gathering around the table as a chance to, I guess, stimulate so many different senses. And one of those senses, which you know, Katie, is is sight. Mm -hmm. And it's the way things look or the way they're plated. Yes, you begin eating with your eyes and your nose and then your mouth. And it's pretty and it smells good. It's probably going to be amazing. And Jackie was just so sweet and down to earth and just so um, thankful that she agreed to come on. I hope you guys all enjoy this interview and maybe um, stop and say hello Friday night at the launch party. Your first Instagram post, and I, uh, May 21st, more good things are coming your way, Dayton. Look for a launch in the fall of 2019. And now you are launching in the fall of 2019. So you actually set it and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Is that normal for you? Like to hit your schedule, to hit your timeline? <laughs> On anything? Everything? Not everything. I feel like if you asked my kids, they'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I think I, I yes. <laughs> but you know, this has been something that um, I've, I kind of planned out. Yeah, I think I do. I plan out ahead of time. I kind of know how long something's gonna take. I tend to troubleshoot in my mm-hmm. brain ahead. Of, this is the part that I feel like is maybe a Neogram six. Like I look ahead, I see what the trouble might be, I account for that and work it in. So I don't know if that is mm-hmm. how it's yeah. actually happening in the fall or not, but yeah. Well, so take fall. me, give me some of the journey of being um, so gifted in ceramics. I think people are going to see your work and assume you've been doing it since you were a seven-year-old girl. And That's now it's, true. Oh, it is. No. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say. And no. now it's like finally, finally coming to fruition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, ceramics is actually fairly recent for me, but I think, I, you know, I've always been a creative, and there have always, looking back at different times in my life, there have always been very specific, um, like, portions of time where I was focused on one thing, and there's never been a time that I wasn't creating something. Mm. Like, even when I was home with my kids when they were really small children, there were things that I was always doing as a creative outlet, huh. you know? so. Mm-hmm. I think when I came to ceramics, I came with a very developed aesthetic. Like I already knew what my aesthetic was. Right, I already knew what my style was. I already, I don't know that it necessarily has to do with age, but I have a pretty concrete idea of who I am and what I like. Yeah. And I think that did make the process faster for me in terms of finding my, um, like my style and my look. For creatives, for you to have good taste, good style, you know the look that you want, um, you're already, you know, that's half the battle. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of time for, you know, when you're trying to find a look that you like, there's a lot of time spent making what you don't like. Yeah. You know, like you make it and it isn't what you want. And you're like, okay, well, it's not that and you move on. And there wasn't really a lot of that yeah. for me because I already knew you know, yep. I already had a sense. You kind of already knew your niche. Mm-hmm. Not that you mm-hmm. have, that you want to be cornered into a niche, but. Niches can be good. <laughs> so the one thing I want to talk about right off the bat is yeah. the, Im- the, the perfectly imperfect. Yeah. 
and not having everything just perfectly super round and like polished or mm -hmm. what would you call it like uh have, uh, do you know what circular wa circular do you know what wabi sabi yeah. is yeah you do yeah. that's what i thought of when when i started to see your stuff that way in in your posts mm -hmm. like you know so wabi sabi uh and i'm probably butchering it w-a-b-i-s-a-b-i -I -I. yeah i mean i don't speak japanese okay. but it's a japanese philosophy yep. it's an art philosophy especially in ceramics um but not just ceramics right. it's in all of life that when something shows wear or age or imperfection or proof of struggle right that it's more beautiful for right. it yep yeah. yep We've talked about that a lot in, in many, many things, but I think it's why some people are so like an example I would give to like my kids if they were listening is like, you know how sometimes you're more drawn to like a, a 1962, um, like say old Porsche that's all dinged up and like vintagey looking more so than like a yellow Lamborghini. Like there are some people that are way more drawn to the character the imperfections of something that's kind of been through a struggle or been through some life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking of houses, you know, like an yeah. older house with the gorgeous exactly. trim that was made by hand and, yep. you know, floors that creak and... Yeah, like a, something with character and mm -hmm. imperfection yeah, yeah, as opposed to just like a whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, wabi-sabi definitely informed um, some of the look. And just, I mean, I don't want to get overly artsy about it, you know, but it, I mean, there is a philosophy to it. Right. I mean, there is um, something philosophical to looking at something that's obviously not perfect. Yep. And not just saying, well, that's still good, but believing it to be even more beautiful than something that would be symmetrical or mm -hmm. look more uniform. Yeah, like mass produced. Mm -hmm. Like to me, when something that, that I purchase, whether it's uh, a piece of art or food or whatever, the imperfection of it is what makes it unique to me. Mm -hmm. It makes me more apt. Maybe that's why I'm drawn to your ceramics um, because they feel custom. They feel mm -hmm. personal. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're made literally with my hands, yeah. <laughs> you know, and every, every once in a while you can even see a place where on a piece I've nicked it or something in the process with a fingernail or whatever. And you try to kind of buff it out a little bit, but not entirely because that's part of, yeah. Using hands instead of machines, you yeah. know, or um, in some of the pieces, there may be like a little bit of an impression just from a thumb or something like that. So when somebody buys a J. Morgan piece, a Jackie <laughs> Morgan piece, what are they getting? Tell, tell me, like, break it down. Like, I'm getting a handmade, local, go ahead, mm -hmm, what am yeah. I getting? Well, there's stoneware, um, first of all. So it's stoneware clay. And I literally make them with my hands and they're in small batches. So I would make probably no more than 15 in a day. Okay. Um, and I don't make every day because there are glazed days and there are days that I don't do ceramics at all. I mean, here at the beginning of launching the business, there are days where I'm just doing social media or yeah. photos or yep. um, legal stuff or what have you. But yeah, so they're handcrafted, they're small batch and they're intentionally wonky. You mentioned that you've always sort of been a maker, an artistic soul, I guess. Yes? Sure. Uh, yeah. a, a creative. A is creative. It? Yeah. Um, but this is the first foray into um, commerce mm -hmm. and taking your craft and potentially making money. 
don't want to pry with this question, but like some people will say, you know what, my kids got to a certain age and I had some more time or I wanted to start to help to pay for college or whatever. Like there's all these different reasons that men and women will go into um, a new field, a side hustle of some kind, anything. Um, what was it about um, ceramics that sort of you decided this is the one, this is the thing that I'm going to do that's going to be my business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. Hardest job in the world. <laughs> you know, and it's been wonderful. I mean, that's what I chose. That's what I've always wanted to do. Like, that's what my, you know, if you get to live your dream, that was what my dream was. I wanted to have kids and stay, be able to stay home with them. That's been amazing. They're leaving. <laughs> They're like on their way out. My oldest is a freshman in college now. My second oldest is graduating high school this year. Um, and there was just a point at which my oldest daughter and I were sitting at the kitchen table and we were both trying to decide what we wanted to be when we grew up. Huh. <laughs> in a way, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, what, do, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to just be directionless. I don't do well with directionless. Yep. I want to know what I'm doing. And anyway, as far as like which of my hobbies I was going to make into a career, I think that is when the more analytical business-minded side of me kicked in mm -hmm. um, because it was more or less what do I think could actually fly? Gotcha. What market is not saturated in Dayton? Right. Where could I find a niche? Where could I find um, a place where what I love to do fills a void fills a void and meets and meets something that isn't currently being met yeah. and you know I love photography there are a million photographers you know like yeah. I there are a lot of things that I love um, that I love floral design there are already tons of great floral designers mm -hmm. in the area you know and there are lots of wonderful potters but they weren't making the kind of thing that I wanted to make so it was going to be unique Right. It was going to be um, something that wasn't already being done. And that was ultimately why I chose that. So it was a very pragmatic, uh -huh. it was a very pragmatic reason. Because, cool. I mean, you know, you want to choose something that's actually going right. to succeed what was in a business. What was your daughter's response? You said you and your daughter were having that sort of conversation. She, I mean, she's so supportive. Um, she's creative, too. She's an arts management major. Cool. at Ohio State and you know she was sort of throwing out her own ideas of maybe I want to do this maybe I want to do that and what I hope to I mean I have four daughters what I hope to communicate to them and also to communicate to my son is that you don't have to use all of your gifts at the same time right there can be times and there can be phases of life where you use one more than others and it's neat at this stage of life now to be able to use my interests and my passions in a way that's different than I always have. Mm -hmm. And to have my kids look at that and be like, oh, okay, she did this for a while, and now she's doing that. Whatever I choose next, I'm not locked into for the rest of my life. Right. You know, yeah, like I can great. make choices later on that are different. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of folks out there that are like, you know, wanting to pursue something new, mm. right? And they're scared to do it. Right. It's not always a stay-at-home mom. Right. Right. But but that is a that is a really common one. Mm -hmm. It's a stay at home mom whose kids are getting older, who's like, you know what, I'm going to go put my stamp on something. I'm going to go enter the world of commerce. I'm going to sell something or create something. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like for me as a dad, like there's there's 
parts of my brain that are like, yeah, this is what I do, but at some point I want to try this mm -hmm. or I want to try something new. It's very common for everybody. Mm -hmm. As someone who's sort of doing it, right? And, and, and I'm not a big, I don't love to talk about like success. Like success for me isn't financial success. Right. Success has many different forms. And someone who's sort of successfully stepping into something new, right? Talk about that. Like, what, how, does, how did you get over the fear of, of doing it? Mm -hmm. um, or how are you going through the, getting through the fear? Is there meditation? Is there support from <laughs> friends? Like, or just tangibly, how are you going from, I think I might do this, to we got a launch party coming up. Because mm -hmm. like, to me, that's, that's what makes, when I say, like, oh, you're a celebrity. Like, to me, you're a celebrity because you had this idea, and now you're having a launch party. Mm -hmm. Because I'm an idea person who's never had a launch party. Does that Got make it. sense? So how did it get feet? Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? You know, I, I've thought about this too. And in some ways, I've almost felt a little bit, not guilty, that's not the right word, but just in, like, for instance, the, the potter who gave me the advice and said, it takes a really long time. You're really going to have to just be patient. It's a right. long process to get your name out there. And then wham, I, I five days later, you've got yeah, a message from Lewis. Yeah, right. right. So that feels like, wow, what happened? Like mm -hmm. why? Um, and I think I was just asking a friend of mine who went to college. I, I don't have a degree in art. Mm -hmm. My degree is in psychology, Oh wow! <laughs> you know, but who went to art school. And I asked her, when you're in art school, did they teach you business? Did they teach you marketing? Did right. they teach you anything about branding, any of that? And she said, no. And my, I, I think that maybe um, for creatives, it starts to break down if they're only being creatives. Yeah. Because um, if you're only making things, if you're only um, thinking in terms of the art, and you're not thinking in terms of how am I going to get my name out there? What is my brand going to be? What right. is my voice as an artist? What is going to resonate with people? Um, if, if you're not thinking through the business side of those things, it's probably not going to mm -hmm. come to fruition. It's probably not going to become mm -hmm. very much. It almost has to be equal. I mean, honestly, I'm making part-time. Right because the other half of the time I'm doing business things. Business stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, it was important to me from the outset to have um, a very strong personality. What but, do you mean by that? Like, well, I guess like in, in marketing terms, you would probably call it a brand, but right. it's really more... Um, like more like beyond just the look, mm -hmm. right? Like. Cause it, let's say like three weeks from now, I'm scrolling through like Instagram in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of your posts comes up, I'm going to know it's you, mm -hmm. right? Because I follow you and I love the look of your stuff. Mm -hmm. Is it more than that? Well, I think it's also the style of the photography. Yeah. Um, I think it's the way that it's presented, um, the logo, the name, um, all of that that's intentional but it's intentionally meant to represent something that is already there. Like it, it sounds kind of like egotistical, but as a maker, you are your brand, you right. know, like you are the one that's making it. You're the one that's selling it. It's an extension of who you are. Right. So right. 
letting your personality come through what you're selling and making it more than just a static object. You know, like this is something that has personhood behind it. This right. is an item that has um, more meaning than just the materials it's made from. But that all has to be communicated to others in a way that they can understand it. And that's when branding becomes important for a creative or marketing becomes important for a creative. And they don't, you know, you don't like to deal with the business stuff. You don't mm -hmm. like to deal with the, you know, more technical odds and ends. But I think that's been pretty important. I think one thing that maybe people have really resonated with, I can't speak for the world, obviously, or, or the people who follow you on Instagram, but it's, there's like no self-promotion, right? I remember being almost like mad when you first started because I'm like, who is this person? Why isn't she posting? Like, where are her kids? Where is she? Like, it's just always the, the product. It's like, I think people probably like me. that. Yeah. No, but that is me. Like, to me, that product is me. Yeah. You know, or like everything that I'm saying is what I would say to you if you were sitting in front of me. So like, if you're reading a caption, that's me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's there. It's just not my face. I know I had a story once and I got messages from people like, oh, that's what you look like. Oh. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's the superficial part of our society where it's like we're so used to, you know, a picture of, of like, say, this, this bowl or whatever mm -hmm. being next to your face. Like, <laughs> because it's self-promotion, you know, and you're not doing that. You're doing it very, I don't want to say organically because I don't even know if that's the right word in this situation. But it just seems like you're making it about the art and about the product. And I it think is. people like that. And it's about, it's, I mean, it, it's about how what I make fits into your life. Yeah. You know, like not you watching it fit into my life, you right. know, like how, what, what, how do you picture my ceramics at your home? Right. You know, your little one eating oatmeal out of this bowl or whatever, right. you know, like how, how do you want this to be part of what you do? Not necessarily right. the Jackie show. That's awesome. A common theme uh, with the New Dayton podcast, probably because Katie Matthews and I both um, sort of lived in Dayton, but then we explored other options. So Katie and her husband Greg moved to California, which was like their happy place. And my wife and my kids and I moved to Florida in 2016 because we thought that was our happy place and both ended up coming back home quote-unquote home to Dayton and maybe that's why it's a little bit of a theme but we've been talking to a lot of people who have a similar experience they leave and then they realize what they maybe left behind mm -hmm. and they seem to be coming back to Dayton mm -hmm. either for personal family or for business mm -hmm. uh, do you have a story like that definitely yeah my husband and I both grew up in Piqua which is just a little north of Dayton. And um, although we you know, didn't live in Dayton proper, I have a lot of connections from my childhood and from my teenage years, you know, coming down here. I remember coming to the Victoria Theater. Mm -hmm. I remember coming down and having a spaghetti warehouse was like yeah. a big thing. It like, was for it, me too. It, was it? Yeah. it was like the coolest thing to yeah. come downtown and go to spaghetti warehouse. Um, anyway, when we graduated high school, we both went to colleges out of state. And then I lived in Lexington. I went to the University of Kentucky and he went to Colorado. And when we got married, 
so we had a long distance relationship. And when we got married four years later, five years later, um, he was working out in Washington, D.C. And so that was where we went. Mm -hmm. Then we lived in D.C. for a while when our kids were small. And there were wonderful things about D.C. I mean, there are so many amazing small business restaurants uh -huh. down there that, you know, they're not chains. You can only get them in D.C. And the food is just amazing. And um, one of our favorite things about living there. But when our oldest was three, mm -hmm. um, we just realized that it was really difficult being so far away from our family. Mm -hmm. My husband's parents still lived in Piqua. My parents still lived in Piqua. And we wanted to move and be closer to family again. And that was when we decided to transfer back to Dayton. We didn't cool. transfer back to Piqua, um, but we transferred back to Dayton through his company and wound up living in South Dayton first. Okay. And that was in 2004. And 2004 was, there were, there were just a very few places to eat downtown. There was Pachia. Right. You could go to Tai Nine. And then you could go to Yellow Springs and go to the Winds. And that was like anything even close to what we had experienced in D.C., that was like it. Right. And from that time on, like there have just been a little thing, you know, a little here, a little there. Right. Yeah, it was, it was neat to see it kind of make a turn. Talk to us a little bit about the launch. Like, so you are having a launch party. Yes, on November 8th from 5 to 9 p.m. and it's here at the Front Street Artist Buildings um, on 2nd Street. East 2nd Street downtown. Yeah, on the east side of downtown. Easy parking. I mean, it is, Good. it really is. Yeah, that whole front lot right outside of it's building 100 and I'll have signs up so it should be pretty easy to navigate. But yeah, there's um, parking right in front of the building and we'll have greeters at the front door to help you know where to go and Friday it's night. Yeah, Friday night. And November 8th. November 8th. From yeah. when to when? 5 to 9. Okay. And then the next day, November 9th, is actually my birthday. Oh. I know. So it's sort of like it's a launch party, but hey, it's my birthday, so that's how I get my husband to pay for the food. Yeah, and have yeah. a little party. <laughs> yeah. So can I buy things at the launch party? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the opening of the business, and that's the first time that they'll be cool. available for purchase. Wow. And one of the only times they'll be available for purchase for a while. So. The launch party, um, November 8th, that night, that following Saturday the 9th from 10 to 7. And then I have another shop for um, more holiday pieces, but also whatever rolls over from this opening on December 7th at Cars Photography. Yeah. And then that's, that's it before the holidays. Why is it so hard to buy ceramics uh, from you? Why can't my friends in California order from you? <laughs> So it's definitely not the normal model, but my commitment right now is to sell locally. Um, I really love the idea of making for Dayton. Uh -huh. And you know, in, back in the day, you could get all your bread and your milk and your right. whatever, your textiles for your home, all in your own town or very yeah. near it. And I just, I love the idea of returning more to that very local, very community-centered um, way of purchasing. Very anti-Amazon. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to be down on Amazon. Know, they but, serve their purpose, yeah. but I mean, the truth is there's a lot of packaging mm -hmm. and there's a lot of um, wasted fuel, mm -hmm. you know, that's used in that whole process. So. Right. 
So are you going to, are you anticipating, if you're only selling to Dayton, are you anticipating a little bit of, uh, of sticker shock? I don't even know the prices. I'm just assuming they're very expensive. <laughs> I mean, I want, so one of the things that I really want also is to not make these just, um, I don't want them to be luxury items. Okay, good luck. So it's, it's hard, right? Because right? they're handcrafted and you'd like to make more than a dollar an hour, right? right? right. <laughs> so you do have to charge enough to cover your costs and worth your time your time is valuable right but i don't want them to be unattainable yeah. you know like i don't want it to be like well that's beautiful but i could never afford that so i've tried i've priced them as really honestly as low as i can right now and one of the things that's been great about that is i have so little overhead right for um these stores in particular in 2019 both locations have offered the location to me for free, which makes my low, my overhead even lower, which means my prices can be lower. So I'm really trying to make them cool. accessible to the average person. Love and um, another thing that I've done is I'm doing collections with um, glaze series. So mm -hmm. instead of having just one-offs where like maybe you make this color this day and this right. color the next day, you can, if you wanted a set, yeah. you could build toward a set. I'm bringing, uh, I'm going to try to bring a buyer with me to the launch party and I'm hoping that she, she makes an impact or makes a dent. Um, I think she'll be a big fan. It's my wife's mom. I was good. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was your wife. <laughs> my wife too, but my wife's mom, I think might, might, um, fall for it, uh, in a good way. Like she might fall in love with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons that I've had such a very warm, reception from Dayton so far is Dayton really does value local. Yeah. They really, I mean, we really do. Dayton loves things from here. Right. You know, we Dayton love to things. Well, no, we love to support each other. <laughs> I do. mean, I can't, I have been so amazed, you know, I'm, I've not done business as a businesswoman in Dayton before. Huh. The collaboration between businesses has just blown me away. I mean, they're so extremely supportive of each other mm -hmm. and very into the idea of working together and helping one another out and, yeah. To the to the point that someone would say, well, I can't do this for you, but hey, check out this person, and they right. offer a completely different business, you know. So, yeah. Dayton Dayton loves to support Dayton and to buy local and. Yeah. So the occupancy in the studio where you will be having your um, your launch party on Friday night, November eighth, is forty nine people. Yeah. So we might. Uh, well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what you think there's gonna be more than forty nine people at any given time? Maybe. Oh man. I'm going to have to get more Prosecco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I honestly didn't see that sign until last week. That's right. <laughs> and I thought, I don't think that's going to be an issue. We'll have to pull a sentry bar and like have somebody out front with like a clicker. Right. Be like, you can't go in yet. Yeah. You got to wait. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, uh, this was great. I'm so excited for you. I'm, I'm so uh, envious of you. I love that you... Um, you know, took an art, took a craft, took a, a thing that you enjoyed or that you were good at and you are running with it. It kind of blows my mind. I mean, honestly, I, I was hopeful that people, I mean, you know, you're hopeful that people will like what you like yeah. and will enjoy what you make. But I've kind of, I've been a little surprised by how positive everybody has been. It's just kind of like, really? Like There's you, something just really cool about it. I love it. I think I don't know. For me, I was just looking at your Instagram feed while you were talking. It's like the the thinness of it, maybe that you mentioned. 
maybe it's trick photography and it's really not that great. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but. you know, I have a thing that I've been saying <laughs> that I, I have a fear that this is like Tinder syndrome. Yeah. That they're going to look so much better in pictures than they do in real life or something. We have that people... problem in real estate. People get to the house and they're like, this looks nothing like the photos. <laughs> that lighting was perfect. Right. That angle was perfect, you know. But um, you know, my yeah. kids just tell me I'm crazy when you I say that. that yeah. So... Um, but I, you know, I hope it resonates with people. I hope it's something that they feel like they want to have in their home. You know, I, if, do you mind if I say something else just off? Please. Um, I, I think that potentially something that, that people are picking up on that I've never said out loud, um, but I was thinking about this in the last few days, is when, I, when I'm coming at ceramics, I'm not coming at ceramics primarily as a ceramicist, which sounds funny, mm-hmm. but I'm coming at ceramics as a homemaker and as a nurturer and as a person who loves the table. Like okay. I love setting the table. I love decorating the table. I mm. love putting food on the table, gathering people around mm. the table. And I think that there's something that maybe, um, People are sensing in that desire to create pieces that help other people accomplish that same thing. Yeah. You know, like how how do you want your home to feel? How do you want your table to feel? How do you want your meals to feel? And there's something about these pieces that I think um, people can see them in their own home and help them kind of create more of what they're already wanting to create. Right. It's, it is. It's an, it's an artistic experience. Like I have many, many mugs in my house, but every morning I seem to grab the ceramic handmade mug that I have. It's the look of it. It's the feel of it. It's knowing that it came from someone's hands. You know, it's the fact that I bought it from that person whose hands created it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like that's just a whole... There's a whole lot of senses in that. Mm-hmm, yeah, I buy pieces from other ceramists, even though I make my own. You know, like yeah. I think, too, like, you just want to support someone who's doing something that they're passionate about. Yeah. You know, like it feels good to support someone who's pouring themselves into something and making something beautiful. Yeah. You know. Well, we wish you just the best um, as you you're kind of still just starting this journey, really. I mean. It's a baby. It's a baby. It's a, it's a wee yeah. baby. It is. We baby. But you've got a lot of support already and I just can't wait to see one day we'll be like, Yeah, we were we were in early on that one. Uh so thanks for letting us be in early and to just be fans and to uh, have this chat with you. I think people are gonna be really um interested to hear um some of these little anecdotes. So awesome. thank you for having me. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation. Share it with your friends. Uh, Take a screenshot on your phone. Post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed. Post a shot on Facebook. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram, chip underscore James, or email me at chipjames at gmail.com. 
Oh, and one last, last thing. Check out the website, choosingdayton.com forward slash new Dayton. Thanks again.